We are up to Zion Amad Aleph. Zion Amad Aleph. Um, the second wide line. Okay, the Omar of Yochanan. Second wide line. Okay, the Omar of Yochanan, yes? Everyone got it? Okay. This is a sort of something which says in others, how do you know that you shouldn't try and calm a person down, appease him when he, at the moment when he's angry? Because it says in the Pesach, My face will literally translate it as my face will go and I will give you rest or I shall do according to your will. So what does that mean? wait. Until my anger passes, then I will do whatever you want. So I mean, the point is that this, this is logic as well. I mean, apart from the fact that we've got it from a positive, it's logic as well, because if somebody is really angry about something, and, and you try and calm him down at the time when he's really in anger, it's only going to inflame the situation. Because he's only going to sort of defend himself and say, you know, somebody will say to him, well, you know, don't be so angry. And it'll make him even more angry. It's not... By the next day, he's calmed down a little bit. It'll be much easier to appease him. Ask the Gemara, Is there such a thing as anger? The Foshim asks the following question. Why does the Gemara ask, is there such a thing as anger? We find all over the, uh, the Torah says that was angry for, for the ego. We say even in Shema, Bohem Shema, Bechoro, Af Hashem Bochem, is angry. What, what does it mean? Is there anger? So, yeah, well, let, let's do a little bit more Gemara and we'll, we'll see why. Ask Gemara and yes. The Sanyo, we've learnt in a posuk, the Kale Zion Bechoyon, this is a posuk to Hillim. Agashbok was angered every day. The Kamazama, how long does his anger last? Rega. Just a moment. Rega, how long is this moment? Echod, I don't know if any of you sort of, uh, you know, mathematical geniuses here. Echod mechameshes ribo shmanesalof etc. Which is 1 over 58,888. Which boils down to 1 16th of a second. Right? In other words, hardly any time at all. Vizui Rega, that is considered the moment. The Enkolbiri Yochal Lachavanazashah. And nobody can point exactly when it is. Chutzmi Bilamorosha. Except for Bilamorosha, which we'll see in a minute why. <laughs> now, what the Foshman explained is as follows. Even though there are plenty of places where we see Abu is angry, but this particular posuk, which is Pona Yelechavanechaisilach, where does it come? It comes at the end, after the Egel. Then Akashbalku says, Terrafimen of Ashwidim, I want to kill you all, etc., etc. And then after that, by Hamash Mosh Davens, and he says, at, at the end of the Posik, it says, um, uh, Hashem, He relented, he gave him to Mashraven, Mashraven Davens, and he is forgiven. So there was no more anger. So if so, if there was no anger, in other words, the whole part of the Egel is already finished, then after that, why does it say, wait until my anger has dissipated? The anger, the, the anger has already gone. So from there we can see that there's a different type of anger which a Kosh has, and therefore that's why the Possek says, 
we, we, the Pesach in Tehillim says he's angry every day, and that leads us to the question, how long is this, and when does it last, etc., etc. And we'll see in a minute, Mashal will explain what that anger is all about. Why does he get angry? So, what we said is like this, nobody can pinpoint this particular one-sixteenth of a second when he's angry. Except Bilam Arosha, he knows when it is. How, how does he know? Because it says in the Possum, he knows how Hashem works, and therefore he knows exactly when Hashem is angry. He didn't even know what was on his animal's mind. Remember, the animal saw the malach, he didn't see the malach, and he hit it, and so on. So he didn't even know what was in the mind of an animal. How can he know what is in the mind of Hashem? Now the Malamadi teaches us not that he knows everything what Hashem does, but this specific point of when he gets angry, of when Hashem gets angry, that he knows how to pinpoint that time. He knew exactly the moment at which when Hashem becomes angry. And this is what the Novi Michal said to Yisrael. He says, Remember, what Melech Maiv did, and the Possum continues, and it ends, Laman Hashem, in order that you should realize the kindness which Hashem did to you. Well, what was the kindness? There was a, a, a curse, Bilal wanted a curse. What was the kindness? On you should know how much kindness I've given to you. That I did not get angry in the days of Bilam. Had I become angry over all what Klan Yisrael had done, Literally translated to me as the enemy of Israel, but it means Israel. It's Veloshim Sagi Nine, and it doesn't want to say Israel, so it calls it the enemy of Israel. It means there would have been nothing left of Israel if I would have become angry. And this is what, when Bilam says to Bolok, not Echad Lakabakal, how can I curse? Hashem hasn't cursed. Or my Ezan lies on Hashem, and how can I get angry? Hashem has not become angry. So we learn from this that throughout those days Hashem did not become angry. So what this means is like this. Bilam knew exactly the, the, the 16th of a second, as it were, that exactly he could pinpoint the time when Akashwaf would be angry. And therefore his curses of Kalalistra should have worked. Because when Akashwaf was angry, you would expect the curse to work. So therefore the apostle says, Lamar Das says, because Hashem, Akashwaku did a kindness with Israel, that even though normally he would have got angry because it was exactly at that right specific second, however, he held back, he did not get angry, and that's the Laman Sidkas, Laman Das Sidkas Hashem. The Kamazama, how long does his anger last? Right, now we just learned before, how long does it last? 158, 888, etc. i.e. 116th of a second. So why does the writer here ask it? So you must say, the, the Amira here was asking this question, did not know about what a previous Amira had said, that it would be 116th of a second. So how long is it? Come on, Rebbe. Uh, how long is this moment? I'm above Rebbe Kamemre. A moment is equal to the time that it takes to say the word Rega. And my mother had a cousin who lived in Tel Aviv for about 50 years after the war. And the only, do you remember Floria Corby, Bertie? Yeah. Floria Corby? No, that's on the other side. There. It was only one word that she ever learned in 50 years, and that was Rega. 
<laughs> That's the only Hebrew word she knew. The only German, that one word, Regar, she knew. Anyway, so this word Regar, that is the, as long as it takes, that, that's, um, if you look at Titus there, small Titus there, had I got angry, Hashem said there would be nothing left. But in time I asked Titus, this Rega, which is either Rega commemory, takes, Rega, how long does it take to take? Less of a second or whatever. Or even if you say one sixtieth of a second, what harm, what could Hashem say to give a clonet in that time? Yeshlam, and the answer is Kalem. Kalem means destroy them, because you can say that very quickly. Inam, your second answer is Ma'asha, Ahoyah, Maskul, Colossal, Bois, Hashem. Once he has started during that time, during that time that it takes to say Regal, the sixth of the second, then you can continue afterwards, as long as you start within that period. Any case. Well, we know that, let's you, are, you asked the question, why, why did Gamora ask this question? We know it already. We, we, yeah, yeah, so yeah, what's, what's yeah, yeah, yeah. So the answer was that this Amara who said the Kamazama Rega did not... No, that's before. You asked the very beginning when the Gamora first asked this question, does Hashem ever get angry at the very top? You asked, why does Gamora ask such a question? Because we know for a fact that Hashem gets angry throughout the Torah. Yeah. So what was the answer to that? Do you remember when he started learning this Gemara? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, so he said, no, where it says in the Torah that Hashem gets angry, that's for, for a specific, specific Avera that Kalalius Roll have done. Here, it's a matter that he gets angry every day, basically, uh, basically at a certain uh, time, yeah, yeah. and for no reason, mm-hmm. or no reason that we can fathom of, mm-hmm. although I'm not sure we'll give, we'll give a reason afterwards. Yeah. How do we know that he's angry for a moment? say every day, His his anger lasts for a moment, and but his favor extends for a lifetime. Or you can say uh, you can learn it from a different possum. Hide for a moment until the anger passes. Now, when does Hakadosh become angry? What time? On my Bible, said, during the first three hours of the day, when you've got the crest, you know, when you've got a chicken, he's got the crest on the, on the head, a red crest. When that red crest turns white, and also the koya it stands on one foot, that's the time. That is the time when a Kashbrochu gets angry. So that's a simon. In other words, when the red turns white, he stands on, on one foot. So the Kasha the Mephoshim asks, well, if that's the case, we're saying Bilon was fantastic, you're there, that's Elion. But if, if you just look at the chicken, and you'll see. So what's the Chochmah, what the Bilon, you're there, that's Elion? The answer, the answer is, he knew without the chicken. He didn't need the simon of the chicken, he knew exactly when it was. So, any case, so ask the Barstow does not say that he, he knew exactly where the chicken was. He didn't know whether the animal was off, ang- his ass was angry or not. It doesn't, Tucker doesn't. The Gemara asked that question. No, the Gemara, and the Gemara said, it doesn't understand everything that Hashem does, but he, under- he, he realized when yeah. that moment was. Yeah. So, the question is, if he knew where that, if, if, if there's a simum when the chicken has the yeah, press, etc., you don't need to, you know, so he said, no, he even knew it without the chicken. So answer Gemara Koshai to Vishanti Nami Kwaihochi. Surely there's a many other times that the uh, chicken becomes the white, the crest becomes pale, the Koyakab current stands on one foot. Surely it's not only in the first three hours. If you're saying that's the simon, 
There's plenty of times during the day, it seems, when it happens as well. Mm-hmm. Answers the Gemara, no. Kol shaita ispe shiraiki sumka. All other times, in other words, not at the times when Hashem is getting angry, but at other times, when it goes white, there's still red streaks in it. It doesn't go completely white. Mm-hmm. But However, at the time when Akashvah gets angry, there are no red streaks in it at all. Says the Gemara Baita, and there's our story. <laughs> there was this Abikairis, the Habibushim, and Levi. He was lived in the neighborhood of Rabbi Shurman Levi. He used to harass Rabbi Shur by wrongly interpreting the Psukim in order to show that his views were correct. And he started getting Rabbi Shur very annoyed. Yanachad one day, Shokotana got over Ukman ben carried the Rabbi Shur took a chicken and tied it between the feet of the bed, the iron bay. And he sort of was watching it very carefully. So I thought, when that time comes, that the crest becomes white and it stands on one foot. And therefore, I'll know that is the time when Hashem gets angry. I will curse him. Because then the curse will work. When he, uh, when that moment came, Rabbi Shua dozed off. Omar, he said, You can see from this that it's not the correct thing to do. Why? Because it says in the Postic, mercy, over all his creations. And even though this, this person was a min, he was an Apicarius, it's still Rachamov Akom Masov. He's still as a boss of Adam. And it also says, Gam for the uh, for the um, for a tzaddik to punish somebody else is not good. So he understood from this. He could have. You see, this shows we can learn a lesson from this. That everything's got a reason. He could say, well, he was tired. That you know, he just he went to bed late last night. Just over, he, he fell asleep. He had a hard day of work. Who knows? No, no, no. He's saying from the fact that Abraham made him fall asleep when he was watching this so intently, this chicken so intently, is a proof that that was not the correct thing to do. There's a famous story of Somebody came to to him and said, I've got scorpions in my house. You know this story? Yeah. I've got scorpions in my house and I can't get rid of it. I've called all pest exterminators and everybody, I've tried everything, can't get rid of them. Can you give me an eight to what I should do? So he said, let's have a look at Perak Shira. Perak Shira is talks all about animals and about the earth and about trees and it assigns a posuk to each of these. So there's a question mark as to who Parakshira was written by. Some say it was written by Dovah Melech, some say Shlomo Melech, some say the Tanoim. But in any case, so they looked at scorpions. What is the posuk? I'm saying that because we've just quoted the posuk. You should have Rachamim on all your creations. So he asked him, he said, can you think of anything that you might have done wrong where you didn't have Rachamim? So he thought about it and he said, oh, it could be, perhaps. I'll tell you what happened, he said. There was, he once came home one day and there was a, like, a tramp standing outside our door and he said, I haven't had a warm meal for a week and I've got nowhere to sleep, etc. We let him come in. And he came in more and more and more. Until he came in so much, he came in every single day he came in, and then he even started coming in when I, the husband, wasn't home. So it got too much, so we had to say to him, sorry, we had to stop it. 
See, so I'm going to try and find him. Any case, he went back to where he lived. He wasn't there anymore. So, any case, one, so, and, but the scorpion still carried on. A couple of months later, he was going on the bus, and he saw him on the road. He jumped off that bus, he got hold of him, he said, quickly, you come to my house and eat, eat, eat you know, and stay there and have a, have a meal, etc., etc. From that day onwards, there were no scorpions. That's the, that's the master, written in a book, so it must be true. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a good question, that story. Yeah. So when the, father, when the husband wasn't away, yeah. when the husband was away, yeah. we have a similar situation. Someone wants to come and it's trying to be a hood. Yeah. So I'm saying they, they were right not to have him. Yeah. They're right not to have him. Yeah. 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 He's alone with her. Yeah. No, but they, no, they, right. they could have said to him, just don't come when the woman's alone on her own. But any other time you can come. But they sort of told him, Please don't come anymore. You're just getting too much from them. Any case, look. Kasha for Masa. Kolim Hashmed Rebmeyer. A bride was taught in the name of Rebmeyer. But Shasha Hamazarechas, when the sun shines in the morning, and all these sort of the non-Jewish kings, they put their crowns on their heads, and they bow down to the sun. At that time, a Baruch gets angry. And this is what the Marshal says, that is the cause, that's the reason, because we don't expect, it says, Kael Zayim Bechal Yom, he gets angry every day. But there must be a reason that Kodesh doesn't get angry for the sake of getting angry. So that's what the Marshal says, that is the Makar, that is the reason why he gets angry. But exactly when it happens, etc., we don't know. Right, the Omer Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Mishum Rabbi Yosi, Taiva Maudus Achaz Belibushul Odom, if a person reproaches himself and he feels from his inner depths of his person, of his heart, that he wants to do tshuva, that is much, much better than kamamalkias, than many monks, lashings, right? Because in other words, you try and force somebody to do something, it's not going to work. You know, you see so many times you try and push, especially a child, etc., or anyone, and you push and you force them to do something, it can backfire doesn't always, doesn't work. Sometimes it does, doesn't always work. But if a person decides to himself, listen, I know I don't go to shul every morning, I know I don't do this, I don't do that, and they have a, 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 a sort of sincere hero shuva inside them, that's the best way to, to, uh, to work things out, rather than, than be, being forced by others. Shenem, as it says, the, the, the posik starts, the posik starts, will send HaKashvach who will bring thorns. In other words, he'll bring afflictions. The Ridfar Esma'abel, we're talking about a, um, a faithless wife. She shall run after other people. But the Omra, at the end, she says, Eilchov HaShuvah Ishiorishon, I'll go back to my first husband, Ketov Leozmeh Altar. It was better then. So the point is like this. In that uh, posset, the husband is represents, is, is, represents Hashem. The wife who runs off, she, she is like Clally Strong, and the people who she runs off with, they are like the Avodah Zorah. Right? So now, so it says, I can shrock, will bring thorns, will bring afflictions, and the Posik says that it won't work. What will happen is, for Omra, she will realize it's no good. I need to go back to my original husband, right? She'll come on, she'll understand from herself, that she's going to go back to Hashem, and that is the best way of doing it. So from that that we learn out, when Hashem brought thorns and brought afflictions on them for doing the wrong thing, it didn't work. But when 
when the person says it from their own, then then it's going to work. says even better than a hundred malkas. as it says teichas The teichas means a humbleness resulting from somebody who reproaches themselves and feel that they need to do tshuva is better than mehakas ksil male than than a hundred malkas in a fool. So it's the same sort of idea. Three things that Gadosh asked Hashem, and also Hashem agreed. He granted it to him. First of all, he wanted that the Shechina should rest on Yisrael. Granted him, as it says in the Apostle, you accompany us. So that means the Shechina accompanied Kal Yisrael, that was the favourable answer to Masha Rapheno. He also said that she, the, the Shechina should not rest on, on the Avikachovim, on other nations. But not so many granted that request. We, you, me and your people, will have a special relationship. As they say, you know, between the UK and the USA, there's a special relationship. This was a, the, the Habda was a special relationship between Klalisrol and, um, and Akashbrach on the Shechina. Now, third thing that Moshe requested, he wanted to understand how the how Akashbrach works. But not so much, and Akashbrach will be granted a request. As it says in the Possum, Moshe Rabbeinu said to Akashbrach, let me know your ways. means, I want to understand how you do things. So, what, what did he want to know? Sometimes you find a tzaddik, and he has a good life. The yesh tzaddik, sometimes you have a tzaddik, and he has a pretty lousy life, everything's going wrong. Also, yesh rosh of a tzaddik, sometimes you have a rosha, and everything goes well for him. Yesh rosh of a rana, and you have a rosha, everything goes bad for him. So there's all different sorts of permutations, how do you, Hashem, work out who should have a good life and who shouldn't have a bad life? That is how the not esdrochecho. So, on our life, Shmokho said to him, Moshe, Moshe, I'll explain to you. Tzadik v'tayvlai is Tzadik ben Tzadik. If you've got a Tzadik and he has a good life, it means he's not just a Tzadik himself, but he's a Tzadik, the son of a Tzadik. His father was also a Tzadik. Tzadik v'ralai, but what happens if he's a Tzadik and life is bad? Then he must be, he's a tzaddik ben Rosha. Son of a Rosha. Which is very hard to understand, because you would have thought that a tzaddik ben Rosha is on a greater madrega than a tzaddik ben tzaddik, because he hasn't learnt from his father. And we say, Nevertheless, carry on. And then Rosha of a Taivla, a Rosha, and it's good for him, is a Rosha ben tzaddik, because his father was a tzaddik. And Rosha of is Rosha ben Rosha. So we see from here, it all depends on the father. It doesn't matter what you are, whether you're a tzaddik or a rosha. If your father was a tzaddik, everything's going to go great. If your father was a rosha, everything's going to go terrible. Now, even if you're a tzaddik, but your father was a rosha, it's going to be no good. And, 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 and if you're a tzaddik, uh, if you're a rosha, but your father was a tzaddik, then everything's going to go fine. Very hard to understand. Very hard to understand. What has it got to do with what your father did. So we'll see. So the man asked a pastor on this. Oh, Mama, 
It repeats now. Just, this is just a repetition of some of the part of what we just learned. Sadiq Vitaibalai, Sadiq Ben Sadiq, Sadiq Maralai, Sadiq Ben Rosha. It's not so. Is it correct that your fortune depends upon what your father did, the actions of your father? Well, if it's written in the Aserah Sadibras and Pasha's history, it says as follows. Visiting the sins of the fathers upon the sons. In other words, you see from there that the sons do get punished for the, the avarice of the father. However, he says in partial, children will not die because of their fathers. This is a contradiction between the two. The first part says you will be punished because of your father's avarice, and the second one says you won't. And we answer, like Asher, there's no problem. We can reconcile the two psukim. The positive which says that the sons are punished because of the avarice of their fathers, that refers where the sons carry on in the way of the father and they continue to be reshoyed. So therefore, not only will they be punished in their own right, but they'll be punished for their father's avarice as well. The one which says upon him, others, that the father, the sons will not be punished for their father, <coughs> is where they do not continue in their father. In other words, their father might have been a Russia, but they're in Sadiq. So what do we see from there? It's nothing to do. It's clear that if you have got somebody who is a Sadiq, and his father was a Russia, he's not punished for the sins of his father. So how can you say before we said it's all down? to what your father was, here we can see that if you do not continue in the bad ways of your father, it, it, if you've got Sadiq Varalai, how can you say Sadiq Varalai is Sadiq Ben Rosha? We've just said that if he's a Sadiq Ben Rosha, in other words, he does not continue in the ways of his father, then everything's going to go good for him. So it's a cash on that riser. So then the Gemara says, you're quite right. Gemara completely does a U-turn here. And said, you're right. <coughs> what we said till now about Sadiq Batayvalo, Sadiq Ben Sadiq, in other words, it only goes according to what the father was like. We're doing a U-turn on that. No, that's not the reason. And the got on my leg. This is what he says to him. Like this. Sadiq Batayvalo, if you've got, you've got a case where it's Sadiq and he has a good life, is a Sadiq Gomor. He's a complete Sadiq. Sadiq Varalai, if you've got a Sadiq and things go bad, famous Sadiq Sha'in of Gomor. It's not a complete Sadiq. And the Mashah explains that Akashbalfu punishes him here in this world for his few Averas. Remember, he's a Sadiq, but he's not a Sadiq Gomer, he's got a few little Averas. So Akashbalfu punishes him in this world for the few Averas in order that he will receive the full reward in Alamabo. This is what happened once. I was learning with a seed partner many years ago, and he said to me, I don't believe in Alamabo. It doesn't say a word about it in the Torah. I think it's just a carrot that the, the rabbis dangling in front of you. To be good boys, but there's no not yeah. a word. So, so ask Joey. Yeah. So ask my brother. How would you answer the question? So he said from this Sadiq Viralo, it's <coughs> Rabbam says this that it's a proof. This is we know it's a proof. there's Oz Yoshe Moshe there. That, that's but that doesn't need spelling. But well, so from this Sadiq Viralo, you know that Sadiq it can't be possible that Sadiq gets a horrible life here and a Russia gets a beautiful life here. So from here, it's a proof for Omar Bar that you know that in the future, is the Sadiq's going to get in the future Omar Bar he will. He'll get a good life in that. Here we know, Olam Abba, Rambam says that. Yeah. The only thing is, yeah, I mean, 
You say Tzadik Marana, Tzadik Sheena Gomel. He's still a Tzadik. Alright, he's not a 100% Tzadik, he's a 95% Tzadik. Why should he have a bad life? Right, well, that's all explains. Okay, you punish him here for his feeling. But why should his whole life be bad? It's, look, it's very, these are things that are very hard to understand. If you look at Mifta Melian, you look at these sort of places, they, they try and explain it. But the truth is, on, on a simple level, it's very, very hard to understand all this. Right? Russia, Russia, the type of if you find a Russia who's having a good life, is Russia Shainagoma. He's not a complete wicked person. And again, the, the, the Marshal says, Hagashbokha wants to give him his reward in this world for the few ritvas that he does. So in other words, that he gets his full punishment in the world to come. Okay. Rosha, Rosha, uh, who is bad, a Rosha who has it bad here, is a Rosha Goma. A complete Rosha. Okay. Now, so we, what we're saying here is like this, that Rabbi Yochanan said, in the name of Rabbi Yossi, that Akash granted all three of Moshe's requests. <coughs> right? But that's not quite, not everybody agrees to that, because we'll see, Rav Meir will, will say, it's true, the first request, well, let's remind ourselves what were the three requests. One is that the Shechina should rest on Yisrael, which everybody agrees, and Shmokho answered favorably. Also, that the Shechina should not rest on the Avid Kachovim. Again, everyone agrees, he answered that favorably. But the third answer, that Hadi Eidi Noah tell me how your ways work, up to now we said, yes, Takashvokha did answer with Sadiq Atayvalai, Rosh etc. Or Padig Reb Meir, but Reb Meir says, no, he did not answer him. The Om Reb Meir, Reb Meir says, Shtayim Nosnalai, two Moshe's requests, the first two were granted to him, but Ahasal Nosnalai, but the last one was not given to him. Shanam, as it says, carries on afterwards, and it's all in Pashat Kisis or this, and we say this on the, on the, on the Shabbos Chalamai, the lining, the Chanase Asa She'ochan, I shall show favours, whom I shall show favour, even though he may be unfit to be shown favour to. I will show mercy to whom I want to show mercy, even though he may not deserve the mercy. In other words, what Shrofer is saying is here, I've got my own cheshman, and I can't explain it to you. So in other words, Rav Meir is arguing with what Rav Yochan said in the name of Rav Yossi, that he did answer him, he said, no, that I'm not, pre- I'm not prepared to tell you. The other two, I will do. But this, I'm not prepared to tell you. I've got a cheshman, but I can't explain it to you. He carries on and where says as follows. Where is it? What? Where are we going to turn? Hogum. Vayana, yeah? Can you see the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine lines from the bottom? Yeah, that's it, yeah. It carries on. Vayamana Sukha Liris of Ponai. You will not be able to see my face. Tonamish made Rabshub and Kalfal. Kachamalai Kashbok Lamash. This is what Kashbok said to Kashbok. Shurutsi si loirasiso. When I wanted to reveal myself in the snare, in the burning bush, you didn't want. Because the Posik says there, Vayasamashaponoshe hid his face, Kiyore Mehabit Alokim. He was scared to look at God. So I wanted you to look at the burning bush and you didn't want to. So Kasherud CC, when I wanted as a Shem Bibrit C so you didn't want. Achshov now, Sha'atha right, so you want any rights that I don't want. Because the Posik said, Hareini not, because we mention here the Posik of Yamila Sukhalira Sukhana, but the Posik before says, Hareini not Espadecha. Mashabeda wanted to see Hashem in his glory. He says, no, no, no. When I wanted that you should look, you didn't want. So now, I'm sorry, I'm not prepared to do it. So it seems what Rabbi Shulman Kocha is saying, 
that there was a time and there was a claim against Moshe Rabbeinu for not wanting to look at the Shekhinah in the burning bush. And obviously he's punished. You, don't, you didn't want to look then, so I'm sorry, I'm not prepared to, to, to show you now. However, this is not universally helped, because the plea of Shmuel Banachmenu and Rabbi Anderson, because he says, Rabbi Anderson says, the Omer of Shmuel Banachmenu and Rabbi Anderson, B'schar Shonosh Zoch in reward for three things that Moshe did, regarding the snare, the burning bush, he merited three things, B'schar V'yasta Moshe Ponov, in reward for Moshe hiding his face, Zohar cluster upon him, he merited the shining of the face, in other words, the end of Kisizah, so when he came down to the mountain of the Luchas, Kikoran Arponov, his face was shining. So that was as a reward for hiding his face and not looking at the bush. Beschaki Yore, in reward for that he was afraid. When he came down, the people were scared to look at him, to approach him. Beschami Habit, in reward for gazing, Hashem Yabit, he was able to see the image of God. So we see from here that there were. Up to now, what we said was, HaKadosh Baruch says, listen, you didn't look at me in the burning bush, and therefore, when you say, I'm not prepared to let you see me. But according to what we, this Bryce here, we say, no, it's good, the fact that he didn't look at it. In fact, on the contrary, he had, because of the chusim of not looking at it, he merited various different things, a shiny face, and people were afraid to approach him, they could see HaKadosh Baruch etc. So there's a difference of opinion here. Now, finally, it finishes off with Samticho Benikras Hatsu, it says. And Shmuel puts <coughs> put Moshe Rabbeinu in the cleft of the mountain, and he put his hand over, o- over the cleft of that mountain, and Moshe Rabbeinu was in there, he could not see Hashem. And then it says, Vasiroi, he carried on in the Gomorrah of Asiroi, says, Kapi, I took my hand away when he was already in front. And you saw my back. This shows us that Akkad Shpochu showed Moshe Rabbeinu the back, the Kesha Shulk's feet. Somebody once said that's the proof Akkad Shpochu didn't put his talus over his head. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't have been who said the knot. That's a joke. You didn't, wouldn't be able to see the knot of Tfilin. But that was Harelian Otsherdecha, so Akkad Shpochu in the end did show him, but not because it says, because the Posik says, Vero'iso es, Vero'iso that we just had, Vasiroises Kapi, Vero'iso Sachara, you will see my back, my front, you will not see. The Chasm Saifa learns something, a, a very important lesson from this. He says, you can also learn Pshat, Vero'iso Sachara, sometimes you can see in hindsight how something happened, which you may not realize at the time, something happens at the time, and you think it's terrible, it's terrible. It's, it's the thing, and afterwards it turns out you realise what it was. A famous story is told, somebody came to Chovitz Chaim, you know, he was, uh, he was a young man, and he had to go to the draft, to the, to the army in Russia. And you know, when you had to go to the draft army in Russia, you had to go there for 25 years. Not only you lost, sort of, obviously, all your Yiddish diet, but, you know, you, the chances of coming back alive were also sort of quite remote. So what? What? Cantonists. Yeah. So they, so they went to Chavetz Chaim to get, the father went with the son to Chavetz Chaim to get a bracha. So the Chavetz Chaim is, 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 he says, is gets a cannon shisen. It's good to be able to learn to shoot. They were absolutely shocked. How could, how could the Chavetz Chaim say that? You know, in other words, you're trying to say you should join the army. And this is the father trying to sort of bribe the person there in the army and it backfired, it didn't work. And he felt this was because of, because of the Kalola. 
as it were, in inverted commas, that the Chomets Chaim had given them, <coughs> it's good to, to, good, good to be able to learn to shoot, that you shouldn't get out of the army. It was really, really upset. Thirty years later, this man found himself in the Warsaw Ghetto. He escaped from the Warsaw Ghetto, and he went into the forest. In the forest, there were parties, Russian partisans, Goyim, who were also no lovers of Claudius Ra, and they wanted to kill him. And he said, I can help you. I can shoot. He said, well, we've got no time to teach Jews shooting. You know, Jews can't shoot, <laughs> you know. So he says, well, I can. So they gave him a gun, and they saw that he could shoot. And it, that, that saved his life. So at the time, you know, how, how upset they were, you know, and I'll, I'll just finish off very briefly, because we've got two minutes, that the story, you've probably all heard of it. Have you heard of the Donera story? Yeah? You, you, you know the Donera? I'll tell you very briefly the Donera story. That it's a, exactly the same sort of idea. What happened was, the, the, the boys who came from Germany, the Jewish boys, they came here to London, and then when the Blitz started, they sent them off to Australia. <coughs> Because they weren't quite sure, they didn't quite understand the difference between German Jews and German Nazis, etc., etc. They put them all on the ship, they put them on this Daenerys ship. And they got, they managed to get to Australia, it took six weeks. At, at the, at ten years after the war, the, um, no, sorry, I'm missing out part of the story. I'm missing out part of the story. What happened was, the soldiers, the sailors that were on the boat were people who had been in Dunkirk, and they hated the Germans, and as a result, they took these cases, the, their suitcases, and they threw them off, threw them into the water. And these cases were the last, you know, things that they had from Germany, from the parents, which which they weren't going to see anymore, etc. This was very, very sentimental and dear to them, and that was thrown into the water. So, of course, you can imagine how upset they were. Ten years after the war, there was a, a submarine commander who wrote his memoirs, and he said, "We saw these things being thrown in the water, and we thought they were people." We saw on the periscope. So then he said, you know, we, we sent out rowing boats there, and we realised they weren't people, they were cases. So they took the cases in, they took them back to the submarine, opened them up, and they saw letters written in German. So they thought, aboard that boat, a German goyim. So not only they didn't torpedo it, but they accompanied it all the way to Australia, mm -hmm. and they sent messages to all the other boats there, don't fire against this boat because it's got Germans aboard. It's the same thing, and, and my, my father was on that boat. My uncle, and your uncle, yeah? yeah. Many, many people. I think. How old was he? Was in that? Hanging, hanging. No, 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 no. My mother was in there. Mother was in there. Mother was in there. Hanging by his beard from the mast. Yeah, and, and so it's the same sort of a, a <coughs> thing. Yeah, because at the time they were so upset that these cases were being thrown in the water and that is what say that the possibility Gucha would run after you and, with and a bracha that even though you don't want a bracha when does it say that in the I'd run after you watch out I'd run after you even if you yeah. think it's not a bracha yeah. I'll still make it a bracha it's no shame next week